Hi, and welcome to Healing Quest, your healthy lifestyle show. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. When we talk about a healthy lifestyle here on Healing Quest, we're talking about the natural options we all have to help us achieve optimum well-being. Well, thank you for joining us on this weekend before Thanksgiving. It is a special time of year, and above all else, we hope that you and yours are healthy these days. I'd say this Thanksgiving overall is looking better than last year, even though our world still has a lot of problems to deal with. So this is a time of year when gratitude and kindness are more in the spotlight than ever. And in fact, in my self-care segment uh, today, I'm focused on those two topics. And I think you're going to be surprised at all the research that confirms how good kindness and gratitude are for our mind and our body and our spirit. You know, uh, for years, I've, I've heard from many teachers and, and thought leaders about how important it is to keep a gratitude journal or just to, you know, ha- write down every day, maybe when you, when you go to bed at night, the things that you were grateful for that day. And they don't have to be any, anything really big. It can be something as simple as the meal that you had or um, a visit that you might have had with someone or, or just the fact that you have a roof over your head. Uh, being being grateful, just moving into that space of gratitude can do a lot to just um, give you more peace of mind. So that journal kind of becomes a gratitude habit. Yeah, it can be. And you know, you don't have to journal it. Let's just say, you know, um, you, you just name a few of the things that you're grateful for. And that will do the same thing. You don't have to write it down. Don't, don't want to give you one more task to do. But for all the good things that come with this time of year, it can also be a difficult time for many people. I mean, first of all, we're talking about the extra work and stress that comes with this time of year. Great meals and get-togethers don't just magically materialize, unfortunately. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then right behind Thanksgiving comes the getting ready for Christmas. Uh, It's like a marathon that uh, (laughs) that you're involved in. That's true for those those that are celebrating Christmas. And and unfortunately, for those who have um, had a loss of some kind, this can be a, a very sad and difficult time of year. And, and it, it can be a very stressful time. And I think we all know that. So today we're going to explore a new way of dealing with that, where we are going to spend some time exploring a book of 50 poems that have been chosen for their ability to heal and bring joy to our life. The author is a renowned psychiatrist, Dr. Norman Rosenthal, and he's also a researcher. So, um, and even if you, if, if poetry has never been your thing, I think you may be surprised at how effective these poems are at inspiring and healing. So the author, Dr. Rosenthal will be with us in about 20 minutes. And coming up in about five minutes is some very good news for what scientists call the central command center for our overall well-being. Well, that would be the gut microbiome and especially a bacterial strain that protects us against obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and dementia. We're going to be talking about a discovery that can cause a thousand-fold increase in that strain, along with delivering many other good things to us. It's big news in the natural health world, and we're going to have all the details for you. But first, we want to tell you about the surprising results of a global study into what college students these days are looking for in a life partner. Now, I I was really fascinated by this study. The study was conducted by British researchers, and it was based on input from 2,700 college students from all over the world. The study's participants had eight attributes to choose from, and 
physical attractiveness and financial prospects actually ranked two and three. You're going to guess what the number one is? Okay, Surprise. the number one life partner attribute in the survey was kindness, which I just loved. I love that these yeah. young people consider that to be the most important thing. Also on the research front, we have some good news for cat lovers. <laughs> and that'd be us. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Scientists at Oregon State University report that they found that although cats have a reputation for being aloof, in fact, they form secure attachments to their human caretakers, much like dogs and infants do. The study's author says the majority of domestic cats are securely attached to their owners and rely on them as a source of security uh, plus food. Yeah, they always rely on you for food, right? I think that's true. I mean, I, I love it. I feel really bonded with our cats. Oh, gosh. And, you know, cats have many fans in the U.S., not just us. The most recent figures show that 94.2 million cats are ruling the roost in U.S. households. Now, you know, I would have thought there were more dogs, yeah. but that compared with 89.7 million dogs. So yeah. more cats. In fact, 68% of all U.S. households have at least one pet, and our relationship with them is a constant source of affection, amusement, and mystery. The relationship between us and our animal companions continues to be an irresistible topic for authors as well, including Carlin Montes de Oca of Marin County. She's written a book that we really like a lot on the human-animal connection and the self-care that our animal companions can actually help us with. Her book is titled Dog as My Doctor, Cat as My Nurse, <laughs> An Animal Lover's Guide to a Healthy, Happy, and Extraordinary Life. It's a really interesting book. But what it's focused on, what I one of the things I connected with is it's focused on how dogs and cats teach us humans how to stay present, be playful, and live positively. Yes, and you were telling me that the book also talks about the physical benefits of having a dog or a cat. You know, it lowers your blood pressure. It reduces stress. And this is research shows this. This is definitely uh, this is a fact. This mm -hmm. is this is a fact. And the author cites that exercise dog owners get when they walk their dogs is a big health benefit. Uh, reminds me of um, Marty Rossman years ago, who who oh, did yeah. uh, the founder of the guided the guided to the guided injury exactly. And Marty said, if we would all just treat ourselves as well as we treat our dogs, you know, you give them water, you take them for a walk. So if we did if we did that for ourselves, so if you've got a dog and you're taking it for a walk, you're getting lots of great exercise. If you're just listening, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest, and we're talking about how our animal companions can play an important role in our own self-care. We have always had, I shouldn't say always, but when, gosh, decades ago we we got together, we always had dogs in our life. And we mm -hmm. Remember Fred? This is a dog that was like a little Welsh corgi. He followed Christian home one day. At least that's what Christian said. That's he just story. followed him home. And, yeah. the, and that dog walked in the living room took one look around and knew who the decision maker was, and he leapt over the coffee table and landed right on Roy's chest. I was laying there watching a football game. Yes, <laughs> and that dog just started licking his face, and he was know. like, oh, we, we, could, we could have a dog. So, there is, but, so there's, there's this wonderful connection that happens. But what I was thinking about was um, animals work with us at various levels, mm -hmm. and that reminded me of when we lived here in Sacramento, and then we moved to San Francisco, where in the flat, Fred didn't want to live, so he got moved back. We moved to Sonoma, and we had a great house there that we were leasing, but the owner said no dogs, and so we ended up having a cat in our life. 
And, and the cat, it, it was really remarkable. And I really want to, I just want to say that, that, uh, I, w- I want to acknowledge the gift that Tinker was. So, so Tinker was this wonderful little white cat. And uh, there's all kinds of stories about how she found us. And then we moved here to, to rescue, 10 acres up in rescue. And at that point, Tinker was, well, maybe 13? About, about 15. Yeah. And, 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 and anyway, and, we, and she was pretty fragile. She, and we weren't even sure she was going to right. make, the, the trip. The trip so we were concerned to... about uh, – there's a point to this story. It takes a while. But um, we were concerned about um, Tinker being a- a- able to be outside because she's a little white cat. And um, she, we're out you – know, She'd been an outdoor cat in Sonoma. And, but up here – you know, Outdoor at night, indoor uh, – outdoor during the day, indoor at night. Right. And yeah. we didn't want to have her outside and she was a little too fragile. So what you did was – So Judy said, look, we, we, you know, we, she's got to stay in. But she really wanted to go out. So we consulted all kinds of, uh, of advisors and they said, well, you could – go out she could go out probably if somebody was with her so tinker and i got into this situation where she would come to the office about i don't know two o'clock in the afternoon and get me up out of my chair and say it's time for you to take me for a walk she would and say that she would just about wow. i mean she, she really did have a she, connection with she tinker. could really communicate and, and and so it was a great gift for me because, um, well, as you may be reading, uh, sitting is the new smoking. We're all very concerned now. And I wasn't years ago when, at this point of Tinker's life. I didn't even know that. But just being able to get up and take the walk. And it wasn't just being able to get up. It was we would have this little routine. And it's at a certain point, I'd sit on this big rock we have in front of our house and she would hop up on my lap. And I would, and, and she would be there. And what was amazing was going back to what uh, Karen uh, Montes de Oca says. She talks about how dogs and cats teach us to stay present, to stay in the present moment. And when I was there outside in the beautiful day with this really lovely little kitty on my lap, just concentrating on being present, she'd stay on my lap for as long as I was going to stay there. And when my mind started to wander about, gosh, I got to write that letter. Oh, I didn't do that sales presentation. Boom. She would be off my lap. And then we'd walk a little more and there's another place where we would sit and she'd get up on my lap again. And the same thing, if I was just really focused on staying present, she'd be with me. And when I started worrying about business, she was gone. So it was just a great gift that that little one gave me and I think can give all of us in terms of how to be in the moment. Well, that's what animals teach us is to be in the moment. And that's what we've heard from all of the experts that we've had on the show. And that's certainly what we've learned in our own personal experience is that they want your full attention. And if you're not paying attention, they're, they're gone. Or watch them outdoors, how they focus. They're so present. Boy, do they ever train us in mindfulness? Uh, I think that's one of the one of the amazing gifts that all of our animal companions have is just just focuses is, is just to focus us on the present. I'm, I'm going to give you an example of just what happened to me or, or earlier today. Um, I was in the middle of something, working with someone on something that was really stressing me out. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it that way. Mm-hmm. And Merlin jumped up on my desk. Merlin is a big, wonderful cat. <laughs> He's like a big man coon. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he he jumped right up on my desk. Put his nose right in my face, you know, like, just pet me. If you just pet me for a little bit, maybe you won't be so stressed. And, and, and that happens often with him. Or if, if, if one of us, if we're not feeling good, they always know that the animals always, always know um, to just give you a little bit of extra love when that happens. It works every time. You know? It does. And, and, and speaking of time, 
I'm, I'm, I was just in, in preparation for this conversation, I looked up my records on Luna and Merlin uh, to these two amazing felines. They moved in with us August 12th in, in August of 2012, nine years ago. I, I can't believe it was nine years ago, but it was. And they've been just really terrific nine years. I can't either. And that's another story for another time. Yeah. These, these little little beans were brought right to our doorstep. They were born on our property and their mother basically dropped them right off at the, at the door. <laughs> and we were able to rescue four of them. We ended up keeping three. We lost uh, our, our little Lola a few years ago, but we, we um, are so grateful for what they give us, how much love they bring into our life. And then well, I think I guess it was right before uh, COVID hit and the pandemic lockdown uh, 19 about 19 months, months ago, months ago yeah. right, that uh, Landy, uh, a golden retriever, moved in with us, our son Michael's dog. And and she ha <laughs> she has just uh, added a whole other level of, of love and goodness. What a sweet, what a sweet, yeah. sweetie. I guess golden retrievers are that way in general. But boy. So between Luna, Merlin, and Landy, um, each of them, in their own way, is they're taking care of us. <laughs> they they take care of us, and 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 uh, and we're grateful for that. We are, and we hope that you have some special animal companions on your Thanksgiving gratitude list. Up next in our show, details on that good news we mentioned a few minutes ago about a big discovery that can boost the central command center for our overall well-being. And don't forget, podcasts of this and all of the Healing Quest shows are available at our website, healingquest.tv. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Our focus here is the world of natural health and the expanding array of options to help us all achieve optimum well-being. Well, in recent years, spore-based probiotics have been much in the news for their ability to support our gut microbiome. Now, researchers have discovered that certain prebiotics have a unique ability to work with certain probiotics to support our gut health. Recently, a major article on this discovery was published in the International Journal of Pharmaceutics. And one of the authors of the article is microbiologist Kieran Krishnan. He's the chief science officer of Just Thrive Health, and you've heard him on the show before if you're a regular listener. And he's one of our favorite guests. And Kieran is joining us now um, to share what the big news in this article was all about. So, you know, we've, we've known for some time, obviously, probiotics are beneficial bacteria that when um, administered in adequate amounts can confer some health benefit to the host. And we're learning more and more about how particular types of strains of probiotics can have a significant impact on your, on your overall health by changing things in your gut, which what we call the central command center for your overall well-being. Now, prebiotics are interesting because they are food for bacteria. Um, the problem with prebiotics, however, is because they are food for bacteria, there's many different categories of prebiotics. There are prebiotics that will feed lots of different types of bacteria, and then there are prebiotics that will feed very specific types of bacteria. Where we run into problems with prebiotics are the ones that feed lots of general bacteria, because if you happen to have a gut 
which most of us in the U.S. do, that has an imbalance in it or dysbiosis is the term that they use for that. Um, if you have a disproportionate amount of unfavorable bacteria and you throw in a bunch of bacteria food, then you're going to feed those bad bacteria just as well as you might feed any good bacteria. Mm-hmm. So it can actually perpetuate your problem. So when we started looking at prebiotics early on, we we said, you know what, we need to create something new, something called a what we call a precision prebiotic. So we have to identify prebiotics that specifically feed certain groups of good bacteria, and especially the groups of good bacteria that are associated with overall health outcomes, better health outcomes. You know, and then at the end of the day, the idea is combining the prebiotics and probiotics into something called a symbiotic, that's S-Y-N biotic, mm-hmm. to enhance the effect of one another. So what's, what's shown in this paper is that we've found a combination of probiotics and prebiotics that are truly synergistic and that uh, where the prebiotic dramatically enhances the effect of the probiotic versus working antagonistically with one another. Okay, so it's not symbiotic, it's symbiotic. What does symbiotic mean? So, you know, naturally you would think it's symbiotic, but syn, S-Y-N, I believe denotes a synergy between the effect Ah, of the probiotic and the prebiotic. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, and this is important because this is going to become a marketing term. And anytime the supplement industry gets a, gets a <laughs> hold of a new fancy marketing term, you're going to start seeing it a lot. You know? Symbiotic, and, and that, okay. Symbiotic. It's going to be the new thing you'll see uh, in the next two to three years on numerous new products. Oh. Um, and what, what companies are going to do is they're going to take random prebiotics or fibers and random strains of bacteria and combine them to try to create new excitement in this new category of products called a symbiotic. The issue is there is a scientific definition for what a symbiotic is. A symbiotic started off as a, um, as a probiotic-prebiotic combination where the prebiotic specifically helped the probiotic colonize in the gut. Mm-hmm. So that was the basis of the, the concept of a symbiotic. Now, the, the uh, definition of the symbiotic is, is expanding, where they're saying that not only does the prebiotic help the probiotic colonize, but it can also complement all of the known functions of the probiotic. Now, the reason why this is important is because, as I said before, the, symbiotic, uh, the prebiotic component of this feeds other bacteria in your gut. So imagine you're sending in a probiotic, and then the feed, the food part, it's are feeding bacteria that may work antagonistically against your probiotic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's loads of, of microbes in your system. There's thousands of different bacterial species. And if your prebiotic are feeding bacteria that would be antagonistic to your probiotic, you're going to create conflict and more problems in your gut. So it becomes really important that people look for symbiotics and have papers published like we just did where we are verifying that the prebiotic and probiotic are complementary to one another. Now, in our paper, what we showed is the probiotic has certain significant effects on the microbiome, very positive things like 
increasing diversity, increasing the production of something called short-chain fatty acids, increasing these really important keystone strains that maintain health. And then when we put the prebiotic in, it more than doubles all of those effects. Wow. Well, that's quite a bit. Hmm. So this is the first time, I'm assuming, this has ever been shown and documented this way. Absolutely. You know, and we've been looking at the idea of symbiotics for some time. We know that the market's going to catch on because we're seeing market reports and market data on companies that are planning symbiotic products. And because we know that most companies in our space don't really do science that much, we wanted to come out in the market first with a true symbiotic, establish a well-developed study in a highly peer-reviewed, you know, index journal so that we can set a benchmark for if you're going to come out with a symbiotic, this is the way you have to do it. You have to prove with a, with a well-designed study that your symbiotic truly is a symbiotic. You're inundated. Consumers are inundated with, with loads of information uh, online at the store when they walk into the supplement aisle or the probiotic aisle. Um, and, and there's new stuff, new products coming out every single week, it seems like. And, and everything is kind of a derivative of something else. And very little of it is actually clinically studied. So, you know, one of our goals with the, with a brand like Just Thrive is we're just going to keep doing the research, doing the science. And, and as consumers start realizing that there is significant scientific support behind these products, um, they will start to, to learn that just kind of gravitate towards certain brands because they're bringing the research and bringing the science. Isn't it true that most Americans are fiber deficient? Is that an aspect of, of how prebiotics are going to help us? Absolutely. So, you know, fiber seems to be more and more a really, really uh, critical part of a healthy diet. It seems like our ancestors, there's evidence that shows that our ancestors ate upwards of 100 grams of fiber a day. You know, the average American maybe eats about 15. Oh, right? really? so, wow. That's... Yeah, that, that's, that's a huge difference, right? Yes. And so our bodies and our microbiomes, our, our gut bacteria, our digestive system all evolved with this type of diet that, that involved about 100 grams of fiber a day. And when we shrink it down and, and when we replace the fiber with sugars, um, and in some cases also with fats, then we start to change how our microbiome looks. Well, the important thing is the bacteria, when they break down those fiber, the fiber or the resistant starches or the prebiotics, what they're doing is actually converting them into really important compounds that we need to function. So one of the most uh, well-known of those compounds are things called short-chain fatty acids. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, one of them is called butyrate. Now, some of the things that butyrate does for us, for example, it improves insulin function. In fact, butyrate, high levels of butyrate, prevents the formation of diabetes. Um, It also reduces inflammation, both in the gut and systemically. It also stimulates your body to burn fat for fuel. Um, And then some of the other short-chain fatty acids feed the brain. Some of them feed the liver and, and reduce inflammation in the liver. So all of these really important functions can only be achieved by providing these important bacteria with the right adequate amounts of fiber and prebiotics. We've been talking about probiotics for years on this show and on the television show and how important it is to be taking probiotics every day. Do we need to amend that to include prebiotics? 
Yeah, absolutely. So in our latest research that we're doing on um, on really disrupted guts, what we're seeing is that if you have the right prebiotic, it can dramatically amplify the beneficial effects of a probiotic. One of the keystone strains in your gut that's really important uh, called Acromantia mucinophila. This keystone strain, you're not going to find it in any probiotic on the market because it's a very specialized organism that only lives in the gut. If it comes out of the body, it dies within seconds. It can't exist outside of the human body. But it's, it's, the, it's a very important protective strain against everything under the cardiometabolic syndrome umbrella, including obesity, diabetes, you know, uh, heart disease, dementia, and so on. Now, when you have high levels of acromantia, you are protected against those type of chronic illnesses. So when we add a probiotic in, the spore-based probiotic, we see about a tenfold increase in the growth of acromantia, which is really significant, really important. And then when we add the prebiotic in, that tenfold increase goes to almost a thousandfold increase because of the prebiotic significantly enhances the growth of that acromantia. So that just shows you how a true symbiotic, a spore-based probiotic and then a precision prebiotic can specifically improve uh, digestive health in a very significant way. Thanks, Kieran. We've been speaking with Kieran Christian. He's the chief science officer of Just Thrive Health about the powerful impact of Just Thrive's precision prebiotic when it's combined with Just Thrive's spore-based probiotic to support the health of our gut microbiome. You can learn more about the prebiotic-probiotic combination at justthrivehealth.com. That's justthrivehealth.com. Up next in our show, we're going to explore a new way to deal with the stresses of the holiday season. Don't forget podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website. That's healingquest.tv. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Well, as wonderful as this time of year can be with all of the holiday festivities, it can also be a very stressful time for many people. Dealing with that stress can be very, very challenging, and our next guest has an approach to dealing with it that we want you to know about. Dr. Norman Rosenthal is a renowned psychiatrist and researcher, and he's the author of a book entitled Poetry Rx, How 50 Inspiring Poems Can Heal and Bring Joy to Your Life. And I think all of us to stand a little healing and a little more joy in our life. And so Dr. Rosenthal is joining us now to discuss how poetry can help all of us handle the stresses of this time of year and, um, and have more joy in our life. Dr. Rosenthal, welcome back to Healing Quest. So good to be here. Oh, good to have you with us. So why is this time of year so psychologically challenging for so many people? There are so many reasons, you know, one reason is that people are trying to do put their best foot forward and prepare for the holidays and make a terrific spread and be jolly, even if they're not feeling jolly, because you're supposed to be jolly and dealing with the shortening days. And also one possibility is that there is some loss that's happened since the last Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever and that it brings to mind maybe people who aren't here, who you wish were here. And so all these are challenges that we as humans are being asked to deal with in order to make the holidays a joyful time. 
Right. And I think, you know, for, for a lot of us, uh, the last couple of years, the holidays haven't been the same. It, Absolutely. We haven't been able to travel, be with loved ones. Right. And even and, now, you know, the data are up and down. Now it's all right. Now it's not so all right. So right. it's a time of uncertainty. Certainly it is a time of uncertainty. <laughs> so I think that, that is, that is for sure. And, uh, so, uh, so how can poetry help people who are having a difficult time around the holidays? Well, I think that poetry, different poems help people in different circumstances. Uh, I was impressed when one time a very cultured friend of mine called me late at night talking to me about a loss he had had. He'd lost somebody very dear to him. And he said, how will I manage? How will I cope? And I said to him, you know, I thought of a bunch of cliches I could give him, but he he deserved more than that. I said, you know, losing is an art. And like any other art, it can be developed. And he said, well, have you heard that poem? I said, no, which one? He said, one art by Elizabeth Bishop. Let me read it to you. And so he read, the art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day, accept the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster. Places and names and where it was you meant to travel. None of these will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch and look. My last or next to last of three loved houses went. The art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities, lovely ones, and vaster. Some realms I owned, two rivers, a continent. I missed them, but it wasn't a disaster. Even losing you, the joking voice, a gesture I love, I shan't have lied. It's evident. The art of losing's not too hard to master, though it may look like, write it like disaster. Wow. And at the end of the reading, I don't know how you all felt, but I felt my spirit lift. Like, I can manage this. And he felt better as well. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. A poem can help a person who's grieving. And that started me on this journey. Well, that's a wonderful place to start. And, and uh, especially for, for you to, to hear a new poem that you didn't know about. And it is, I believe, the first poem in your book. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that... There, are, there are 50 poems that can heal, inspire, and bring joy. I, I, I love that. Well, I think I've said this before um, because we've been fortunate enough to have you on the show before. It's on my nightstand. And, you know, and first of all, I also really, really enjoy the fact that um, you talk a little bit about the, 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 the poet and a little, uh, about their life. And it gives you a little bit of history about why they might have written a particular poem or, or just who they were. And I, I find that really fascinating as well. So um, I, uh, again, thank you. Thank you for, for writing this book. Um, 
And I think that it would be, be a wonderful uh, holiday gift for anyone. You know, that's my hope that it's a holiday time and people are dealing with all kinds of emotions. Some are joyful, but some not so much. And, you know, there's a poem for every mood and every occasion. And so I think, uh, you know, it's and you can read just one or two. You can come mm-hmm. back to it. <laughs> As you say, it's the biggest compliment to me to hear that it's on your nightstand. <laughs> Because that means people want it as a resource close at hand. And that's what my hope was for the book. And in that regard, it feels very satisfying and happy. If you're just joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And you're listening to Healing Quest. And we're speaking with Dr. Norman Rosenthal about how poetry can help deal with the stresses that can be so challenging at this time of year. Now, I understand that your Poetry Rx book has just been released as an audiobook. So tell us about that format uh, for your material. It sounds like this, this book was written to be an audiobook. Right. Well, I was very lucky. I got uh, two outstanding voice actors, a man and a woman. Oh, nice. And the man read the poems written by men and the woman, the poems written by women. And... Um, they're wonderful, and I just love listening to them. And oh, they interpret yeah. the poems in their own way, as we all do. And I think nowadays, you know, people are so busy that they don't always have time to sit down and read a book. But I know for myself, I go walking and listening to a book while I walk. Um, you can do more than one thing at a time, and it's, it's a very nice thing to have that, uh, the audio book. So I would recommend it. Remember that poetry initially, when it was first discovered, invented, it was spoken, was the spoken word. Mm-hmm. The, the epics of Homer, the Odyssey, the Iliad, you know, the sun going down into the wine-dark sea, or dawn with its rosy, rosy fingers came once more. Um, it was read, and it has that kind of incantatory quality to it, and that is replicated uh, in the audio book when it's read to you. So the book has been out. Uh, the the you know the hard copy has been out. I don't know a year now. Can that be right? No, it came out in May. Oh, May. there we so go. Just maybe not even six months yet. In that, in that time, um, I know the, the reception to it has been quite good. Has there any, been anything that's really surprised you about yeah, the reaction? Yeah, the, the thing that really was perhaps one of the most exciting things is um, the amazing um, journalist Jane Brody, who writes the mm-hmm, personal yeah. health column for the New York Times, has interviewed me a bunch of times. So I know her professionally. And I called her to say that I had this book and it was just come, it was just in a draft form. Uh, and would she uh, be interested to write an article or consider writing an article about it? And she immediately said, I, poetry doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't speak to me. Um, I said, well, would you mind if I FedEx this thing to you? No, here you FedEx it, put it here, there and everywhere. Okay. And, and then, you, you know, she said, well, I can't do it for the next month or so. And then within a day, I got an email that said, change of plans. Are you free tomorrow lunchtime? <laughs> so 
I will definitely make myself free. Um, and she had looked through it and she basically changed her mind. She'd called a 94-year-old friend of hers who's a poetry lover. And the friend of hers had said, look, I open my anthology every night and I read a poem. It settles me down. It gives me joy. It helps me with problems. And, you know, bit by bit, Jane came around to this and wrote one of the most beautiful columns that I've ever read about my work. And um, that was the, one of the most joyful experiences for me. That's wonderful. That, well, I, I can imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. And, and I'm thinking these poems, they're things of beauty. Mm-hmm. You open it up anywhere you want. You read. It's beautiful. And just the beauty alone, it needs no further justification. But then you look at what does the poem actually say? The poem we just listened to, which was that it's an art to learn how to lose and how to recover after losing and how to keep going. We all need to do that. All the people who lost people in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, all the people who've lost jobs and friends and opportunities, it's sad, but you can keep going. It isn't a disaster in many cases is what she says, even though sometimes it really feels like a disaster, doesn't it? It, it does. And I think anything that any of us can do to ease or soothe our, our minds and our hearts during this time, it's a place, it's a place that takes you deep, it takes you deep into yourself when you're reading poetry. And uh, I, I just can't, I, 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 as I told you, uh, you know, we gave it to a friend of ours who we thought that it, that it would comfort. And he just, has has really fallen in love with your book too so i'm going to suggest that anybody out there even if you think that poetry isn't your thing well take it from jane brody (laughs) maybe it is and uh it it would it would make a great holiday gift and it's gonna it's on my gift giving list this year so how can our listeners buy the book or the audio version of it they're both available on amazon uh the, the audio is available or through Audible. Uh, the book is available in hardcover and paperback. Mm-hmm. And uh, by all means, you know, pop onto the web and order it for your friend or for yourselves. And if you, you want, want to l- learn more about me, I'm, I've got a website at normanrosenthal.com. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say just, just get the book or give the book and um, be happy at the holidays. And- <laughs> and be happy. Boy, that's the that's the that's a really nice note to end on today. Be happy. We've been speaking with Dr. Norman Rosenthal about his poetry RX book at how 50 inspiring poems can heal and bring joy to your life. You can find out more about Dr. Rosenthal's work at his website normanrosenthal.com. His his work is very, very powerful. I know that, um, as you mentioned, I see it on the nightstand on your side of the bed. And, and I think it <laughs> I think it's really good at, at getting getting you settled down and ready to have a really good night's sleep. Well, you know, it depends on the day. And some days, I mean, you know, I have I have a few books on my nightstand. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, a, and and uh, but this 
but this is definitely uh, uh, one of my favorite new books. I totally, as I said in, in uh, when we were talking to Dr. Rosenthal, that it's a great gift. We gave it to one of our friends that uh, was having a little bit of a tough time, and and he's really enjoyed it. There's just something so comforting about poetry. And you know, it's interesting. I, I noticed in the New York Times last week, there was a big article on poetry and there's a new poetry book out. So it does seem to be that there is kind of a resurgence. A bit of a resurgence going on. Yeah, it does. And also, I, I know I'm, a, I'm in a writing group and, there's, and there, is, there are several poets in the group that are, you know, getting ready to publish some of their poetry. I was kind of surprised by how many of the people in the group were actually writing poetry and not, you know, fiction or another type of book. So that again tells me that, you know, it's been around forever and it's soothed people forever. And Dr. Rosenthal mentioned the fact that we, um, you know, it all started out as an oral tradition. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it, you know, a lot of the poetry wasn't written down. It was, it was. And, and I think, if we kind of got back to some of that, that again helps with the connection, you know, so it's, it's, I would suggest reading this book or maybe reading a poem over the holidays, you know, at your, at your holiday dinner, choosing one. One thing I really like too, about the, the context that, that, uh, doctor, the, that the book provides, because it gives you some background on the poet and, and maybe the, 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 um, let's see the climate in which that, that, particular poem was written, which makes it all the more, I think, effective and meaningful. Uh, I, I like that part. I think I mentioned that to him, uh, that I, I do like that part. So anyway, I, I, I guess you're hearing both Roy and I say that, um, you know, we have a lot of guests on the show that have really interesting stories to tell or perspective. And he, uh, it just turns out that uh, Dr. Rosenthal is now kind of one of my favorite guests. I just, I, I love it when he reads a poem. And I think that uh, his contribution uh, right now is is really needed. So uh, I'd say go buy the book, buy it for yourself and buy one for a friend. Poetry Rx. Poetry well, Rx. Coming up in the show next is your self-care segment, my dear. What is, uh, what's on tap for us? Well, I'm going to be talking about giving the fact that we have uh, Thanksgiving coming up this uh, this uh, next week, uh, gratitude and kindness. And we're also going to end the show with a song from uh, Olivia Newton-John, who uh, has a beautiful song on, on uh, gratitude that I think you'll all enjoy. And also, uh, that, so that's what I have coming up. Maybe I'm going to throw in, I'm going to sprinkle it with a little kindness, too. <laughs> Well, don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HealingQuest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Healing Quest is brought to you by Clearlight Infrared, makers of jacuzzi saunas whose infrared heating technology penetrates deep to boost the immune system, increase blood flow, reduce stress, and detox naturally. You can learn more about jacuzzi saunas at infraredsaunas.com. That's infraredsaunas.com. And use the promo code HEALINGQUEST. Or you can call Clearlight at 1-800-798-1779. That's 1-800-798-1779. 1779. Hi, I'm Judy Brooks. Welcome back to Healing Quest, your healthy lifestyle show. If you listen to us on a regular basis, well, first of all, thank you very much. 
You know, our focus is integrative health and natural ways to keep us all healthy. And (laughs) boy, do we really need that right now. And if you've been listening in the last couple of years, you know that I've been on a mission aimed at creating more ways of incorporating self-care into my life and then sharing some of those ways with uh, all of you. Also, I've been sharing some of my Wild Woman Wisdom segments. I've had some great guests on there as well. And that's fun sharing that with you. Well, today when I was preparing uh, for the show, uh, you know, I think I was thinking about the fact that, well, for many of us, we're going to have, I think, uh, hopefully a a little more normal Thanksgiving uh, than we did last year. And so it seemed fitting today to talk about gratitude. And as I said, I want to throw in a little kindness, which I I think all of us could use a little bit more of in our lives. Uh, And so that's the topic of, of my talk today. You know, for me, at the top of my gratitude list are our children and our grandchildren and our friends. And in, even though getting together with them can still be complicated with the pandemic, it's a little bit easier. I think it's going to be a little bit easier this year. And we're really grateful for the fact that it does seem to be lessening. So um, hopefully things will get back to more normal. I don't know if they're ever going to be the same exactly, but, you know, getting, get back to a place where we're, where there's less uncertainty and, and then we're all a little bit more comfortable getting together and celebrating. So today I want to talk about some other aspects of gratitude and kindness that I believe uh, will help all of us get through some of these times. You know, we like science and research here on Healing Quest, and uh, and the science on gratitude is is vast. I, I was amazed to find out how many scientific studies there are that actually claim gratitude helps us build stronger relationships. And given in the time that we're in, it's harder to keep connected to all of those people that are important to us. So right now, just having a gratitude practice, you know, might, according to this research, help us build stronger relationships. The studies also say that people who report being grateful also report having fewer aches and pains. And who doesn't want that? You know, one thing I was really surprised by was the big benefit uh, of a gratitude practice on the quality of sleep. And we know a good night's sleep is one of the most important things we can do for our health. And, and one study reports that those who express gratitude sleep better and longer. Gratitude produces more empathy. And if we ever needed more empathy, now would be the time. You know, putting ourselves in someone else's shoes and, and, and really trying to understand, you know, why they feel the way they do, instead of just being angry about it and creating more division, we would all be coping better with this situation we're finding ourselves in today. And another benefit of gratitude is increased resilience. And boy, I know we all need that right now. Uh, I think that what we're going through is actually building resilience in all of us, you know. So so I guess the proven benefits of gratitude are better health, better sleep, more empathy, and more resilience. And who doesn't want all of those things? You know, I think gratitude and kindness go hand in hand. And studies show that kindness is good for us in so many ways we're probably not even aware of. For example, kindness can actually boost our pleasure. And that's according to research at Emory University. When you're kind to another person, your brain's pleasure and reward centers light up. 
as if you were the recipient of the, the good deed, not the giver. It's a phenomenon that they call the helper's high. And at UC Berkeley, researchers also studied the results of helping others. And what they found was that oh, about half the participants in one study reported feeling stronger and more energetic after those helping acts. What I also found interesting was that many also reported feeling calmer and less depressed, and some even had increased feelings of self-worth. And, you know, I believe feeling worthy is, is a really important part of self-care. Now, another thing that's interesting is acts of kindness actually also lower our blood pressure, something a lot of us could probably use these days. Uh, Dr. David R. Hamilton says acts of kindness create emotional warmth, which releases a hormone known as oxytocin. We've talked about oxytocin here on the show before, but what, what happens is oxytocin causes the release of nitric oxide. And nitric oxide dilates our blood vessels. This reduces blood pressure, and therefore oxytocin is known as a, a cardioprotective hormone. So kindness protects the heart by lowering blood pressure. That's a good thing. Just to summarize, I'm recommending two things you can do right now for your self-care. And that's one, write down a few things you're grateful for this Thanksgiving and avoid the things that are bugging you right now. You know, give them a break for a few days. And two, be kind to yourself as well as others. That's what I'm planning to do. Uh, I, I, I think we all need to give ourselves a little break right now. I just want to end today's show by saying we are really grateful for all of you who are listening and watching Healing Quest and also to our sponsors that help us bring Healing Quest to you every week. Just Thrive Health for the probiotics and other supplements we take every day to support a healthy microbiome and an immune system. And to Clearlight Infrared Saunas, our favorite way to support a healthy body and mind. For myself and my partner, Roy Walkenhorst, we are wishing you and your loved ones a very happy Thanksgiving. Now, another thing I'm grateful for is music. So I want to leave you today with one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite people, Olivia Newton-John's title song from her CD, Grace and Gratitude. And remember, you can find a podcast of this and all Healing Quest shows on our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at HealingQuest. And we'd love it if you would post on Facebook what you're grateful for and any random acts of kindness that you recommend. We really love hearing from you. I'm Judy Brooks. And again, for my partner, Roy Walkenhorst, we look forward to having you with us next week on Healing Quest right here on iHeartRadio.
Healing Quest is brought to you by Clearlight Infrared, makers of jacuzzi saunas whose infrared heating technology penetrates deep to boost the immune system, increase blood flow, reduce stress, and detox naturally. You can learn more about jacuzzi saunas at infraredsaunas.com. That's infraredsaunas.com. And use the promo code HEALINGQUEST. Or you can call Clearlight at 1-800-798-1779. That's 1-800-798-1779.